And we're live. How are you doing, man? <laughs> good, good. You're the first person I've had on the podcast who I've put you down as Tech Tony, as just the one the one word. So you're the first person who I've had on the podcast who's got one name like Prince. Oh, yeah. Well, my, my real name is Anthony Lloyd, but no one calls me that. It's all Tony or Tech Tony. What? Like everyone in, in real life, IRL, call you that as well. I'm the only person who calls me by my full name is my mom. <laughs> so how's things? How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's a little, it's a little rainy day. Hopefully it doesn't bother the podcast. I do have a skylight, but um, everything's doing great. I'm blessed. Doing, doing good. How's your industry doing? How's your world doing? Good. I, I mean, over the last year and a half, in, obviously everything's been mental uh, with coronavirus, but over the last year and a half, so I run a design agency and we've been incredibly busy. Yes. Uh, it, it's just a an absolute boom industry right now. People pivoting their businesses, people launching e-commerce websites from brick and mortar businesses. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we've been incredibly busy and I'm very lucky to say that. I Yeah, I mean, you know, I, with the pandemic happening, uh, my industry in digital marketing has, has definitely boomed because a lot of businesses, when they shut down, realize, oh, we don't show up online at all. We're not set up for online ordering or delivery or anything like that. And it was just, they people were just like really pushing to get that, to get that stuff running as fast as possible, especially in the, um, in the e-commerce world, which you're right, a lot of people have pivoted to selling online, uh, whether it's self-fulfillment their home, Amazon, or drop shipping. I do drop drop shipping personally for I have two I own two online drop shipping stores, but uh, it's just that huge pivot. Sadly, with that during the pandemic, when the pandemic started, was that oh crap, we're not online, so hire someone to help us. And now the bad part is a lot of businesses are realizing, oh, we paid this guy a lot of money, but we've got nothing for it. Now they're pivoting to find someone who actually knows what they're doing type of situations. Interesting, complex, and sadly, there's, I'm sure you see it yourself, good and bad, and on both ends of it. Well, People taking abuse, uh, advantage of the situation in a bad way. Yeah. I mean, I've seen all kinds of spectrums. I've seen print companies kind of taking advantage of work at home gear now launching mm-hmm. printed printed products like printed hoodies and printed t-shirts and printed printed hats where they didn't use to sell that kind of thing purely because everybody's working at home and yeah. and, and then yeah there's there's i mean in digital marketing in you know in digital in general there's always charlatans there always has been because it it's it's just easy to bullshit people basically mm-hmm. uh yeah I- I just got off the phone with a potential client and he was just like, Hey, I'm paying this person for digital marketing. I'm all great. What does your website look like? He's like, I don't have a website. Ah, <laughs> uh, what are they doing for you? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it makes me, I love small businesses, man. That's where my heart's at, but it, it really aggravates me when someone is doing something like that and not really doing right by their company, by who they hired them. Like if you talk to any of my clients, they can tell you what I do for them. They can explain to you. It may not be as well as I can, but they know they know what they're paying me for type of situation. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's always worrying when you talk to somebody and they don't quite understand it uh, or they're not being told what's being done for them because yes. you, can, you can dumb all this stuff down quite easily. Anything from 
search engine optimization to AdWords or websites or e-commerce. You can dumb it. You can dumb it all down to a level that people understand. But mm-hmm. it's it's kind of easier sometimes with some of the companies to just say, yeah, it's a couple of grand a month and we're going to boost your online listings. That's all yeah. they say. Uh, well, it's cool. My Moving over the last year, my business consultant has been helping me move off the company to where I'm working on the company, in the company. And so I'm doing a lot more educational stuff free uh, on my YouTube channel, whatnot, to help businesses understand, hey, this is what Google Ads is. This is what SEO is. This is what so on and so forth should should be so that when they do hire somebody, um, they are educated. And, and, and educated clients are easier to work with, in my opinion. Have, have you been through the kind of same journey then where you've been doing the work for other people, but terribly for yourself, right? Oh my gosh, I had a horrible website till recently. In fact, my my website's on its, I just finished its seventh revision in five <laughs> years. <laughs> where the, the whole situation where the cobbler's kids don't have shoes type of, type of deal. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it, uh, I, I was, my website was pretty bad for a while, but now it's, it's a really good uh, website. My, uh, kudos to my webmaster and the work that he's done and the patience he has had with me <laughs> on building that, on building my online presence, but it's, all, it's always been pretty, pretty decent. I mean, you can Google me tech, Tony, T E C T O N Y. I show up, you know, thank goodness. <laughs> I've, but for, for a while there, Google search was saying, is Anthony Lloyd related to Tech Tony? I was like, no, Google, it's the same guy. <laughs> when when did you decide to jump on YouTube and start doing podcasting and things like that? Is that fairly recent as well? The podcasting is. I'm only 56 episodes in. That's quite a lot, and- Quite a lot. It is. It is. I have like over 300 videos on YouTube and thousands on TikTok, and then um, lots of lots of videos on Facebook and whatnot. But Twitter and podcasting have been my latest endeavor for this year, especially podcasting, because um, I think you and I had this conversation on Twitter when I first met you. Uh, you were tweeting about your voice, mm-hmm. and I, I was I responded back to that. I hate the way I sound. I I don't like it. I I sound funny. I know I have a I have a speech uh, a speech impediment. So I come I I sound weird when I talk. And so a podcast has been the last um area I've gone into, but ironically enough, since I've been doing it, it's been making me the most money because I have sponsorships with my podcast. And then I also people um I've had to kind of affiliate across the across the ocean. Oh, um nice. and uh, he, I asked him, how did you hear about me? And he's like, your, your podcast, I follow you. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, we, and we think you, you would like our product. And I was like, holy cow, okay. So I, I have to do it. I have to keep up with it. It's, it's, it's making me money. The same thing with, with, my, with my TikToks and my Twitter. Uh, I'm sorry, my TikToks and my YouTube videos. Uh, I may not have the following on YouTube be monetized, but I get affiliates and sponsors. And that's what helps me make some money right now, making my videos. And making my podcast, I'm, I wouldn't do it if I didn't have one. Because at, at first, when I started podcasting, it was difficult. Like, I think my first podcast I redid like ten times before I was finally like, "Screw it, <laughs> let it go." <laughs> type of situation. As a matter of fact, it was your stuff that I was reading. I believe when you were talking about uh, once you get over the way you sound, you know, you just you just do the podcast. And one of your latest episodes with a guy that does specializes in Zoom meetings, I think, was it? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, he was like, once you get over the way you look, you know, you're <laughs> fine. Like, just just do it. And that that's how I've been with with my clients because my clients will follow me and they're like, Tony, you look amazing online. I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, I'm just making stuff up, just yeah. like you guys are. Like, just yeah. make the content. And um, Twitter, uh, Twitter is my latest endeavor. But man, when I was reading the research, uh, your research that you've done and someone else that you've worked with, where the guy was saying, yeah, tweet 11 times an hour. Did I hear that right? A day. A day. A day. I'm sorry, 11 times a day <laughs> or hour or something like that. Was it a day or an hour? No, it, it was a day. I've never tweeted 11 times an hour. It's- I was just like, jeez, I don't know how I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to. But the thing about the thing about podcast video, uh, podcast voice, I just want to return to because one, you've got a fine voice. Your voice sounds great. It, Thank you. There's no speech impediment. But I've I've been thinking about this quite a lot recently because I've spoken to a lot of people about starting podcasts because it's I just tweet it all the time. You should start a podcast. There is yes. like literally no downsides to starting a podcast, and I've been thinking about this voice thing because I've had a lot of conversations with people about it, and I think. I don't think now, now I think about it more, I don't think there's a good or bad voice. Just just as is there's not a good or bad face these days for these things. I mm-hmm. think it's 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 just you're unique in some way. Your voice sounds your voice sounds like you. And I think that's the thing that, that people buy into. As long as you can actually speak, you know, and people can understand you, that's kind of the level that you need. And you're perfectly understandable and you've got a unique voice just like everybody else. And uh, it's just getting comfortable with that. I think personally, one of the biggest reasons I did it was to, was to help was also help increase my online reputation, obviously. So I grow as a, as a digital marketer, because if I'm a digital marketer, I should be using digital marketing aspects to get clients yes. and podcasting and video content is overly important because right now uh, podcasts are indexable on Google search. Like, if someone's running a, doing a search, like how to do a podcast and you have a podcast about that does real well, it'll show up on Google search and they can play it straight from the search engine. not even to go to your website. Uh, mm-hmm. So they are indexable. And then video content. I'm real big on that. that I do video content, multiple platforms, because I sat in a meeting with Google um, and their, uh, their reps were them and their reps were talking that video content is so important that they believe the next five to 10 years, companies that are not leveraging video content consistently will either a be hurting or b not be in business anymore wow what do you think about putting your podcasts on youtube because that's the majority of my youtube content and it really doesn't get many hits i do that myself it's so hits and views can be a vanity metric and vanity metrics are different from industry and tactic that you're trying to do uh, so can, if you can't do like the, the Gary V versus the, 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 the Gary V tactic where you don't worry about views and followers, you just make the content, Google's going to pick up on your stuff and serve you up to the right people. Uh, the key is the consistency of it. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube is a search engine that people forget to treat it as such. It's the second largest search engine in the world next to Google search. And so you got to label your videos with titles and descriptions and keywords. So it shows that Google knows what to do with, with your podcast video and your podcast and who to serve it up to. That's how I get clients from it. Uh, if you look, if anyone Googles me and looks at my following account, I don't have that many followers, but m- a good chunk of those people that follow me have paid me for something. 
whether a long-term or short-term job. And that's, that's the name of the game. P- people get too con. It'd be nice to have a million followers and all that fun. stuff. So don't get me wrong. It's a hard metric to ignore because it's self-fulfilling. Mm-hmm. But when it, like, I got to remind myself, how many of these people out of a thousand followers, how many of them have hired me? And I could tell you like, I have a thousand people, 800 of them have hired me for something where there's a long-term job or a short job or hired my company to consult on their behalf for something. And that will, that's what makes me feel really good. Cause I asked them, how did you hear about me? Oh, I follow you on YouTube. I follow you on Twitter or TikTok, or I've heard your podcast. The other, another time I was sitting, I was sitting at a restaurant, not in my area that I live in. I was in, uh, I was in Atlanta, Georgia, sitting at a restaurant. And a girl, the waitress walked up to me and she's like, I'm sorry to bother you, but are you tech Tony? And I was like, <laughs> yes, I am. And she's like, my husband's a painter. He owns his own paint company and he follows you. And I was like, that's so cool. Like <laughs> little things like that, little wins. Uh, of course, my head was about that big, but <laughs> by the time it was all said and done, but little things like that, it makes me feel good. And that's, it pushes me to do because then it's just so important. I, I, all my clients make content because you, you just can't do it. And the podcasting, I know what you said, like, like about your voice and the uniqueness of it, but it's, um, uh, I just sound funny, dude. <laughs> I, sound, I, I just feel like it. Like I'll listen to my, I'll listen to myself talk and I'm editing my podcast. I'm just like, I gotta redo that part <laughs> all over again. <laughs> Every, everybody yeah. sounds funny though. Everybody mm-hmm. sounds funny to themselves. I sound funny to me. Everybody sounds yeah. funny. Yeah. And I do, I don't know if, do you write all your stuff yourself or do you script your podcast out? No, episodes? I, no, I don't script them. I try to, I do have a girl that helps me with research and she'll, she'll script me out a five to 10 minute script to help me with my podcast or she'll go over my verbiage to make sure what I'm doing is factual and all that fun stuff. So I do have that help on the other side of it because I know my limitations and, um, I know my, my strengths and my, and my skills and where I belong in my company. And she helps me, uh, it's copyright and, and script my podcast out. So I have an idea of bullet points of what I'm going to hit, but I do sometimes wing it. I'm just kind of like, well, this is what Google's doing this week. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started when I, I first started podcasting, bear in mind, I've probably done over a thousand episodes now on various podcasts. Mm-hmm. When I first started, I, I've scripted every last frigging letter uh, mm. uh, and that was just a lack of confidence thing and and it, it kind of comes across when you listen to them I wasn't particularly good at articulating either I didn't I don't sound anything like this on the first episodes and because I'm trying to read a script as well you kind of start to stumble across your own words too when you start to speed up and slow it, it just yeah. sounds a mess so I found a balance in writing bullet points like you when I was doing the solo podcast so when I was doing a solo podcast, I used to at least write probably five to 10 bullet points or something like that. Things I wanted to hit on each point that I wanted to say. The rest was just winging it around that. Um, I mean, I've always had a talent for bullshitting, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> making it up in the spot. Yeah, making it up on the spot is a better way to put it. So I, I don't tend to script it too much. And, and these days, because I have conversations like this, none of it's scripted at all because I, I think it's a better conversation i've got kind of a big bet in podcasting i've said it multiple times on the podcast mm. the future of podcasting is conversations like this i think everybody's going to be listening to these five ten years time as we sort of slowly 
move more and more out of the physical world and more into the digital realm, people will go hunting for conversations that sound natural like this. So my my big bet is having a conversation podcast, basically. That's what I'm sticking with. You're right. Uh, with now, I'm, with podcasts, like a lot of clients, all my clients, like in the beginning, I would clean everything up and it would look very nice and smooth. And my clients, I was saying it was removing that humanity. Mm-hmm. It looked too scripted. And I wanted them to see, I like it when my clients see me like mess up or struggle to make content because it relates to them. They can relate to that because they're doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, so since speaking on video marketing in general, the, the, um, besides of what platform you're using, unscripted content organically does better than scripted content. How can they tell? Google, the amount of data that Google collects on you is ridiculous plus it's that relationship people are watching the unscripted stuff more sharing it more re-watching it rather than a scripted uh, video okay and facebook and google pick up on that and so they push that type of stuff out there but uh, also the the amount of data that google collects on people like um were you aware of the whole analytical scandal with the whole trump election to last election last time cambridge analytica Yes. Yeah. That company had a million touch points of data per individual. Wow. That's, so between you and me, that's 2 million points of data of, of what are you going to buy next? What are you into? What are you watching? What shows are you, are you looking at? Your tweets, things like that. And that's how like people talk to me like, well, Tony, I was just thinking about it. And now I saw an ad. I was just thinking about going on a cruise and now I saw an ad for a cruise and Facebook is listening to me. My Alexa is listening to me. <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily. It just knows you that well, yeah. um, based off, based off your actions and your habits. Um, now to a point, yes, Siri and Google do listen to you when you say like, Hey, Google, uh, especially on the Android phone, if you pay attention to it, it'll say recording to email, but it records that information for analytical purposes. But as in like long term, like listen to our conversation right now, you and me, what we're doing, it's it's not doing that. It's listen for keywords. However, uh, there was in the early two thousands, I think it was I think it was Verizon. This is creepy. Uh, Verizon had the Verizon TV box, which no longer exists it would listen to what's going on in the living room. So if it heard mom and dad fighting, it would start playing TV ads for, for uh, therapy, uh, marriage counseling. There we go. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that was a big problem. And if it heard a child playing in the living room, it would guess and start playing age-appropriate commercials of toys for that kid type of, type of situation. And they no longer can do that. But, <laughs> but uh, th- this is back in the early 2000s that Verizon had the Verizon TV box. And that was a very interesting uh, case study to read about. Well, there's still a hell of a lot of creepy stuff going on now. I did a, I did a presentation about it a couple of years ago about Facebook. I, I genuinely think Facebook is probably one of the most evil companies in the entire world. Uh, uh, I second that motion. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and I was doing a presentation, a, a kind of a business thing, and I everybody else was doing kind of marketing presentations, and I wanted to I wanted to do something about how evil Facebook were, and so and I was even I was surprised at some of the things that they got caught up in. I, I remember the Cambridge Analytica thing, which was you know kind of horrifying, 
But, Disastrous, yes. Yeah, but some of the other stuff as well. Like I never really read much into the whole dark profile thing, you know, when they collect profile data on people who don't even have Facebook accounts. So when yeah. they do create a Facebook account, it's easier for them to set it up. And they, yes. they collect that off other people's phones. So they've got other people's names, mobile numbers, potentially photos. And, and then the other things as well that kind of creep oh, it's, me It's no potentially. They've got it, dude. <laughs> um, I I would talk to people. They'd be like, "Oh, I don't got no Facebook." And an elderly person, and I'd be like, "Well, does your granddaughter have one?" She'd be like, "Yeah." Well, does she take pictures with you and post them? She sure does. Facebook has a profile on you <laughs> already. It's just when you free you put your email in, start. Yeah, yeah. And I was reading the other things as well about the whole the whole deletion thing. When you delete an account off Facebook, does it get rid of all your data? It gets rid of barely any of your data when you delete your account doesn't delete any of any of the things that you've posted on other people's profiles photos on other people's profiles so there's pretty much because there was a wave well at least in the uk there's been a wave over the last year or two of people deleting their facebook accounts um there's kind of no point because it barely gets rid of much of your data on facebook's end anyway do you what type of phone do you use i've got an apple and an iphone do you have a Gmail account associated to it that you use every day? Yeah, I've, the, yeah, I've got a Gmail one, yeah. <laughs> have you checked out if you have the map preferences turned on on your, on your phone? No. If I, I made a, a video about this on my YouTube on TikTok, but if you go to your, if you go to your uh, profile on Gmail, I'll pull it up real fast. Depending on, regardless of whether or not you have map data turned on it'll show you where have you been with a 36 month time history and it'll show you based off it'll show you dots where you've been and how you got there so and i'm not showing anything sensitive so this would be this is fine on the live whenever this decides to load there we go but if you look right there that's a 36 month time period of where i've been doesn't look great on the on the on, the, on here yeah. and it does so people will turn that off and i'm like well the apps on your phone are still communicating with each other sending information out so you can they're still collecting data on you when you, when you turn it off it makes you feel safe feel better but i can still get information on you heck um are you familiar are you familiar with google analytics mm-hmm. on how it collects profile information on people when they visit your online store so you can remarket to them it's the, it's the same thing, cookies and whatnot. Now, overseas where you're at, you get you guys have some more has some stricter rules, uh, GDPR regulations that you have to abide by. But here, sort of, sort of, Tony, sort of, sort of. Okay, well, you know, Google Google makes you <laughs> when you advertise <laughs> for the GDPR. You tell people you have cookies on your website. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, here in the states, you know, it's just it's just kind of easier. It's it's interesting, and people are like, well. That, that's how you and I, we, that's how we have jobs. You know, we help businesses market to the proper um, audience, essentially, is what it is. We got to know what, where the trap is coming from, where they're doing, why didn't they buy, where did they go, how did they get there type of situation. And uh, that's one of my favorite things about educating small businesses, especially a small business that, that has a physical location that they're using Google Maps because Google Maps is the baseline foundation for every online company's reputation and online presence. That's not, that's not kept up and maintained. Anything else you do won't be as effective. Twitter, Facebook, podcast, your website, 
um, anything else you're doing YouTube, it won't be as effective if you don't have a strong Google My Business. Uh, reviews are exceptionally overly uh, important to a company. That's how you build brand trust. Reviews, responding to those reviews, keywords in the reviews, uh, posting to your Google My Business, all those things, all that data is collected so that you and me, we could do our job and for lack of better sense, get the phone to ring at your client's uh, place of business. Mm. Yeah, I, that's where I'm always caught up in between two sides of this. I'm all, I'm always mm-hmm. always looking at, you know, privacy concerns and looking at stories mm-hmm. about Facebook being evil and, and then obviously doing a lot of it for my clients. Uh, and it, it's kind of it's a weird place to be sometimes. You're aware of some of it. You're aware of the worst stuff of it. Some, sometimes you use some of it, not the really bad mm-hmm. stuff, obviously, but you, you're kind of aware of it and you're always trying to toe that line. It, it's it's a strange strange place to be sometimes. It, it is a strange place. It's a double-edged sword, that's for sure. I have a good friend of mine who's a Facebook marketer. He His Facebook profile is about as private as it can be, and he won't even post pictures of his kids on there because he's like, I know what Facebook does with that data. Mm. Uh, type of situation. Heck, the other last year, so dumb, but people still do it. Um, my Facebook page for the business got banned twice. And I was trying to figure out why. And my social media marketer uh, got us on the phone with Facebook, who were talking to somebody. And they're like, the guy, the guy was talking to me. He's like, well, I only see this type of ban for two different reasons. He's like, either option A, all of Dothan, Alabama hates you, which isn't the situation. Or option B, you have a local competitor who's just been reporting everything you post and Facebook algorithm is automatically taking you down. Yeah. And I was like, so which one is it? He's like, you have a competitor that is reporting all of your stuff and Facebook's just taking you down. And the thing is, Facebook won't tell me who the competitor is, but now they're monitoring it closely to make sure it doesn't happen again, which I thought, I was like, really? Are people that have that much, there was, what's the proper term, petty? Yeah. Yes. Online that they're just reporting my stuff and they're like, mm, that's I, I don't like that he's making content. I'm gonna keep reporting him. Like, why are you doing this? It's, I mean, there's so much to talk about about Facebook. I, I mean, you touched on it a little bit with the Trump stuff, but with with the Cambridge Analytica thing, that was only one small part of the Trump thing, and it wasn't just Trump. It was in the, in the UK. It was mm-hmm. it was Brexit. And wow, that's gone bright. It was, uh, it was, it sunshine was, coming out. <laughs> yeah. It, in the UK, it was Brexit and it was also a, a change of, you know, to Boris Johnson in the UK and a, a lot of the way that that got driven. And I'd be willing to bet as well, a lot of the rise we've seen of kind of right wing governments and populist governments globally now is down to goddamn Facebook. The amount of times I hear now, when somebody tells me some shit that's completely <laughs> wrong and I say, where did you hear it? They go, I heard it on Facebook. And they, oh, and they think it's true, man. It's terrifying. It's really terrifying. It, it, I, I personally, so I'm not a Facebook guy. I'm a Google guy. Um, Google ads, Google my business, Google analytics. I have a Facebook marketer on staff. That's all he does is strictly Facebook because I, I can't stand Facebook. I have to use it. My company has it. Both of my online stores have a Facebook because you guys, you have to use it or there's no, uh, you're not going to be successful online. Hell, even I have a client of mine that does 
suitcases, really nice travel luggage, uh, high end quality stuff. And when Amazon first came out with Amazon essentials, have you ever ordered one of those things? Amazon essentials? Yeah. I've, I've tried it once or twice. Yeah. When the really low budget products, isn't it? Well, no, well, yes, for some of them, but when the luggage line came out, we ordered some of it. It was, it was gosh darn, almost the exact same thing he was making just with the Amazon logo on one and his logo on the other. And it pissed him off so bad. He pulled his inventory for Amazon, but here's the thing. The the month he did that, we lost 40% of of his revenue. Even running his online store, Google ads, Facebook, and Instagram, which we were still using. Instagram didn't have as good as the sales it does now. Uh, he had to go back. He had to go back to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to use Facebook. I'm not a Facebook guy. I have another another dude that, that handles that. I hear from him all the time. He's like, man, Facebook's doing something again. Screwing up. It's doing this. It's banning this account for whatever reason. And like, like Google's not any better, dude. It's <laughs> hell. Their whole motto is do no evil. And they're definitely not <laughs> following that. Yeah. I believe is my pr- professional opinion. <laughs> well, it, they're, they're just as bad because we are, we're at the mercy of what they let us advertise for, you know, or what type of, how we can push a particular business online. Um, at, even in the sense of it being legal or whatnot, it's just Facebook's Google's not any better than Facebook. It's just that um, you're right. When people, I hear it all the time and I just ignore these. I'm not very active on Facebook myself personally. Oh, man, uh, I yeah. just, yeah, I just ignore it. I have it for work reasons. That's all it is. It's work. And I'll post a picture about comic books or whatnot. That's what I'm into, but everything else I have to avoid it because people, they, they see one thing on Facebook and there's, there's a term for it. I don't know where it is, but then that popular falseness gets a lot of attention. And it just spreads like wildfire. Then you and me hear about it. We're like, where, where did that idea come from? Like, well, I heard it from Peggy on Facebook. Like, did you, did you research it by chance? Did you, did you try to find out where this came from? <laughs> yeah, it, it's nuts. It, it's interesting though, about all of, you know, Google, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, all of these huge conglomerates now. I mean, they're mm-hmm. out they're outside. They're bigger than government control. They're they're huge. And that Oh dude. Did you watch when face when Facebook and Amazon, all those people were in court? Oh, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing, man. It was It was a joke. They they didn't even understand the questions they were asking. No, no, they, they didn't know the questions to ask. They had no idea what they were, they, were, they were talking about. And I think, was it Amazon that they were complaining? A congressman was complaining about how big the packaging were for Amazon. And Jeff Bezos is sitting there like, I'm in, I'm in Washington, and they're complaining about the size of my boxes? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I just remember the thing about Facebook. They was asking Zuckerberg, so how does Facebook make money, Zuckerberg? Sir, we sell ads. Yeah, but h- how do you make money though? Sir, we sell ads. It's like yeah. they, they didn't even understand the basic business model of Facebook. It's like, pff, Jesus. But the, the reason I mention it is because, yeah, they're outside of government control now. And they're so big that anything mm-hmm. that they do, we've got, we've got to accept. I, even you, you mentioned, you know, you mentioned evil Google and I've mentioned evil Facebook. I'd probably say, I mean, Apple is still evil, 
Um, yeah, look what they're doing in the next couple of months, the new iOS update. Yeah, but the the thing I want to mention, though, is about the App Store. They they are, you know, the App Store is the biggest thing in, in the world in terms of apps. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they act as gatekeepers as well as to what goes on and off that. And it isn't always anything to do with things that are legal. It's just that they choose. They don't want another email app on there. And so that never gets put on the App Store. It significantly reduces whatever company decided to make the email app. And they, there's no recourse. They can't do anything about it. Apple said it. It's a, mm-hmm. pri- it's a, private, it's a private marketplace. Apple can do what they want. And they're all they're all doing that in their own little worlds. Amazon, Google, Facebook, you know, they're all the same. Yeah, uh, these giants. Uh, you you pointed out when they make a change or they do something, you and I we're the ones that suffer. Um, I had I was using a uh, a third party posting platform for for all my social media. Facebook was one of the heaviest ones, and for some reason, Facebook pulled their API key from that platform. Yeah. overnight that platform became useless to me and I couldn't use it anymore. And I, I was in a frantic because I, my, we have several clients, multiple clients post into there and all their posts have stopped. So we've had to take two whole days to move everything to a new platform, <laughs> which yeah. was a nightmare in its own, just because I, I never got a solid answer from Facebook. Why they did that. I, as far as I'm aware, this company never did anything wrong. They just, they're just like, nope, we're not going to let you uh, cross post anymore uh, from this platform to our platform. So overnight, gosh, that was, that happened last year, January, February, March, April of last year. And we had clients that had everything posted, ready to go all the way through, through, through to December. And we had to move everything over. Yeah. And it's just, we, we have to work with it. I mean, uh, you know, we're the ones dealing with it. Head forbid our small businesses, they're the ones that suffer really. Um, mm. they're, they're frantic if something happens. And on top of that, they don't understand the little black box called the internet that sits in their business that they have, they have to use in order to find new clients because nothing against TV, radio and billboards or, or Miller ads, they have their place in, in society. But when you think of the broader scope, they're not as effective as they used to be. No, uh, you and me, I don't know about you. I, I can't remember the last time I picked up a newspaper. No, I, I honestly can't either. I mean, the other thing is as, as well, not only are digital ads a million times cheaper, but you can reach more people with them. And more, mm-hmm. more people are staring at the phones seven hours a day now than they are staring seven hours a day at a newspaper or a TV. So that's true. It, and in hindsight, when like if a bit of a small business wants to uh, run an ad, if they want to run a TV ad, they have to go to a TV place, a TV someone to run TV ads. If a small business wants to run their own YouTube ads, they don't have to hire me to do it. They could they could watch a couple of YouTube videos and kind of figure it out and get it going out there sort of uh, to the point where it's funny enough, it's, it'll still be effective. They'll still be getting money back. And it's way cheaper, way cheaper. I mean, the only, I, I still, I still have one magazine that I physically subscribe to. <laughs> and this is how nerdy I am. It's, it's the, it's the, it's a game informer magazine. Cause I love my video games. And that's the one magazine a month I'll get, I'll sit down read it for an hour and I'm done for the rest of the month. But I couldn't tell you a single ad that's in there. 
Yeah, I, I, I get two magazines. One of them is one called Private Eye, which is like a... Uh, it reports on politics and news and things like that in the UK. It's probably the only kind of independent source you can get for that kind of thing now. Is it a physical magazine? Yeah, it's a yeah, physical magazine. Um they they haven't they've got a website but they don't publish much to it. It's a physical magazine. Um mm. one of the only kind of uh you know independent resources left for news basically. And then Oh wow. The other the other one is uh, a magazine called Viz, which you'll probably never have heard of, which is like No, a, now you're correct. It, it, it's like a it's a British comic essentially, but it's been going for years uh, like really long time uh and it's it's just uh i don't i don't know even know how to describe it it's just a comedy magazine if you just google viz you'll you'll see the kind of look and it's it's just ridiculous it's just massively over the top um it's massively offensive um, oh nice <laughs> like mass, massively lewd and inappropriate in every sense of the word and it probably couldn't even exist online if it wanted to, even though it does. If you look, if you Google Viz, you'll see it all over the internet. But it's, uh, yeah, it's it's something else. <laughs> it is. It, it's that. But it's it's teaching our clients and our education. Um, I don't know how your clients receive you on your end and my end, uh, where I live in good old Dothan, Alabama. We're about ten years behind everybody here. And when I moved here, like. We don't, we don't have Uber here. Let's put it that way, Craig. <laughs> we, we don't have Uber in Barnsley either, so it's probably very Oh, really? Similar. Yeah. <laughs> so you're probably familiar with what I'm saying. Everyone's a little bit behind. Yes. And now people are like, I give a lot of speeches here. Um, the local chamber of comrades, business groups get together. And it's I love the, the education on behind their, their, when they figure out like, oh, uh, Google My Business is important. I do show up on the map because when I pull up a, a client's GMB and they're, they see that they showed up 12,000 times in search, but they only had like five new clients show up. It's that slap in the face of like, holy cow, there's this huge amount of potential leads that I am not getting from. And it's, it's, it, that's where it starts is, is maintaining, helping them, educating them showing them what it is, what they're missing out on, and then essentially teaching them how to properly leverage the channels. Because every business hears about Facebook. But if you're really thinking about it, man, no business really knows how to properly post on Facebook. They're just giveaways and coupons. And you're like, mm, let, let's do some other. How about we make a video? <laughs> how about we, we start somewhere where people see what you're doing? It's... Uh, I don't know why. Do you, do, I don't know when you when you were making video content, uh, Craig. Was it was it different from you? Was podcasting easier? Or was it, was video easier for you? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it's quicker for me to do a podcast. Definitely quicker to do a podcast. But um, I, I'm not too bothered about my my voice versus my face. It doesn't bother me particularly much. But there's a lot more effort with video. So I I, I would say that podcasting is easier to be honest i i feel the opposite with my clients I, I feel like the video is easier rather than podcast some of them are starting to get into podcasts which is great i'm really happy for them because they're, they're seeing the success uh, right uh, yeah I, I misunderstood yeah for clients i've not got a single one to make a podcast <laughs> no well i was talking about you but uh oh. for your clients uh um, for my, for, for me, video is easier. Podcast, it was hard. So we're, you and me are, are a little bit opposite of that. But when it comes to our clients, like, dude, just whip out your phone, make yeah. a video and 
and you know, post it, please hit, hit that button guy. <laughs> and, and, and just do, do what you gotta do. Uh, I, I just got one of my high doctor clients. He's starting to make videos and they're starting to see people coming in, getting more appointments for glaucoma and whatnot, yeah. uh, because they're making more heartfelt content based around what their company is about. And uh, rather than, and, and here's the funny thing, they have a giant bright billboard in front of their building, I couldn't even tell you what's on that damn thing. It's a digital billboard. Yeah. And like, uh, what the funny thing is when they, I don't know why it was designed in a weird way that even their in-house graphic artist complains about it because it's hard to post the correct dimensions to it. Where she's like well, on Facebook and Instagram, it's instantaneous. You get it out there as fast as you can, more people, more people see it. And it makes me feel good, man. When my, when my clients see that, that type of success. I mean, I, I do. So in terms of making videos and podcasts and to be honest, any other content, I've obviously just like you, I've been promoting this with my clients for bloody 15 years, oh. <laughs> but, but it's, it's till it was only last year really that mm. I really started doing it for myself. So I do kind of understand some of the you know the trepidation and, and what some of my clients feel when i say to them you should make a podcast or you should make a video i understand it because i didn't do it for 14 years whereas you know i'm, I'm telling them to do it you write a blog write videos they'll be great for google blah 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 make a podcast they'll be great you'll bring more business in but i wasn't doing it personally and i was personally a little bit scared of it too so i i, I completely get it because everybody's just a little bit afraid of what people are going to say about you online, aren't they? Judging. They're, oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're afraid that one of their clients are going to see it. They're afraid they're going to lose a client. They're afraid that the competitors are going to nick some secret business knowledge that they've got that they're giving yes. away. There's just so many objections, and I get it. I get it. Now, my local – I know – I've seen that before when my, when my competitor – I'm sorry, my, my clients are like, but my competition is going to see it. I'm like, look up what you do. Just look up your industry and they'll pull up on YouTube and they'll look it up. They'll type in physical therapy, have a physical, a physical therapy client. And they're watching the videos and they're like, well, that's what I do. I'm like, great. Someone else will already leak your secret. <laughs> Go ahead, post. Here we go. We're making video content. And I get like, with, again, with my eye doctor, some of those things are in-house uh, to, to him. And so we won't talk about that or, or divulge information. But the vast majority of it's already out on YouTube. The, re the problem is you're not the one making the content so they're going somewhere else and i know for a fact funny enough you say about company secrets and whatnot uh two of my competitors are locally follow me on youtube <laughs> and, and i know that for a fact because they have approached me and they're like tony i love your videos i'm like wait a second what you're following <laughs> me and like yeah it's great content but they don't have a YouTube channel or a podcast, much less anything to speak up for themselves as a digital marketer to build their online presence. So I, I honestly don't know if you still know how I feel about them. I kind of like it because I'm like, ha, you had to follow me to get your Google information. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like it, it's, it works. And now that I, I believe you've grown like crazy, haven't you, since you've been doing your podcast? Yeah, yeah. Or has much. it been from Twitter? Because I know, I know you've you've had a an interesting an interesting relationship with Twitter yourself, right? Yeah. Um, so, 
it, it all, like I said, it's only really been the last year, year and a half now. I all, I kind of exploded last February 2020. I went all in on Twitter, writing mm. ten, 10 tweets per day for a year. That was the only goal. And then what fell out of that, I was already doing a podcast, but I wasn't taking it too seriously. Um, what fell out of that was doing this kind of thing that we're doing now, more strict conversations every Tuesday, 7 p.m. G, uh, BST, um, making more YouTube videos, just doing loads of other stuff like what you're doing, you know, YouTube, podcasting, making images, all that stuff, just exploding really with content. Uh, so it, it's kind of hard to separate all of the random things that I do because Twitter, Twitter is kind of the hub for a lot of it. So it always, I always post on Twitter when a new episode of my podcast is out or a new YouTube mm-hmm. video is out. But Twitter is just kind of one small engine in all of it. I've started an email newsletter now as well. That, that, oh, shoot, really? Yeah, that there's there's just kind of so many different cogs to it all that, uh, yeah, there isn't really really one of them. But, yeah, it, all I did last year. So, so to put it into perspective, I've been a designer for 15 years. I've watched other people make content for 14 years, mm-hmm. uh, design content. Always thought, why can't I do it? What makes them special? the whole usual objections that we deal with with clients every day. And then I just decided, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Uh, and I did. And here we are. And that, <laughs> that's that's the that's the entire story. It is really as easy as that. There is nothing nothing special about me. Nothing it's special. It's doing it. It's doing it, taking that first move. It is. And that's the hard bit. For, mm-hmm. for clients, for anybody to be brave enough. I mean, it sounds ridiculous saying bravery or courage because all you're doing is recording a video and putting it online. But it's like a mortal fear for a, a lot of people. And once you get over that, you realize actually to an extent how easy it is to make content online these days, mm-hmm. especially with all the tools that we've got. We, we've got the I, iPhones or Androids in our pocket that have got amazing cameras on them that take amazing videos and amazing mm-hmm. photos. We've got an endless array of options for m- making blogs, email newsletters. It's all so easy. The, the, oh, yeah. The tech well, is not the problem anymore. It's actually just doing it. One of my favorite things a client will tell me when I'm saying, hey, you need make content, whether it's a blog or a tweet or a video or a post, like, well, what do I talk about? Like, well, how long have you been in business? 10 years. Great. What are the top 10 things people ask you? Like you just know in your industry, when someone walks in the door for a quote, they're going to ask you these top 10 things and they'll go, well, this, 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 and that. There you go. There, there's your first, there's your first video or tweet or whatever it's got to be that we're yeah. working on. Uh, there it is. And then there's so many tools like answer the public's one of them where you just type in your industry. I don't know if you use that one. Yeah, I use that. Yeah, I love it. You type in your industry. The free version is more than sufficient for most people's needs. So there's a paid version, uh, but I don't know anyone that pays for it. And um, it gives you just tons of data. I mean, there's Google Trends, which you can follow along to as well, set up alerts. I, that's how I make my content based around is Google Trends. Um, and when I get that email, I'll take a look at it. And if it's something that's just really important that's just happening, I'll make a tweet and a video about it that, that moment. And then it helps me plan the rest of my week out worth of content. And I get that email once a day. Uh, you, you can set how aggressive you want that email to get. I mean, Google can like literally email you every five minutes if you want it to. That's just insane. But 
I get, <laughs> I get once a day of that email to help me uh, plan my content out. And that's why, that's how we, I teach my clients to set that up in their industry. But when I don't think it's wrong to say the bravery or the courage, because I had a con a client of mine, a lawyer who made his first video and he did well, dude, one video in 24 hours, he got 15,000 views. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was about, um, I don't know if you're familiar, there's a lawsuit happening here with the 3M, uh, 3M ear protection plugs for American soldiers. It was, it was effective. Okay. And he made a, a, a video about that, explaining it, talking about it. We launched, we left, we set off in the wild, over 11,000 views in less than 24 hours. Dude, I was flabbergasted by that. Nice. But some of the comments were really good, and some of the comments were trolls. Yeah. They were just, and he, he was reading the comments and the next time I met with him the following week to make his next series of content, you could just tell in his face, he was down, he felt bad. And he was just like, Tony, like these people are, I was like, these people are saying this. I'm like, dude, how old are you? <laughs> like, they're calling, I'm like, listen, if someone took the time out of their day to watch your video, leave a comment all Facebook, Google, YouTube, all they care about is the engagement. They've engaged with their content, which means more people saw your content because of that comment. Don't, don't worry. And he, he got over it. He was fine. He just felt real down about it because he, he, it was his very first video and he didn't know what to expect. And here's the thing. He got three um, leads, three business from that. He, he made money off that one video which I told them was not the norm. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm good at my job. I'm not that good at my job. <laughs> and now he has a very nice, healthy online presence here online. Um, he spends less money on paid advertising and puts in more effort towards this video creation and blogging. So he, his, his two things now, we're, we're about to start podcasting for him too. And oh, there goes my light. Something just <laughs> fell. <laughs> and um it works but so you're not wrong to say like the bravery because it does take a lot to because you're putting yourself out there yeah. um in front of who knows who knows is going to see your stuff <laughs> i mean <laughs> and i'm sure you've had haters as well i mean I, I had my fair share of people trolling me you, you know what i i don't i don't think i've ever had anybody say any well other other Are than you? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, other than oh, dude, <laughs> other than there's the, some nasty people out there, man. I I, I know. I, I see the comments, but I I don't know. I don't know what it is. Sometimes on Twitter, you get the actually people. Well, no, actually, this this is actually w what you should have said, and I just ignore them. But I've I've never had out and out hate, and I think that's probably. It's just because of the kind of stuff I put out. I'm I'm very un, I'm not very controversial. Uh, I could completely see with with a lawyer thing how that could be a little bit controversial. But that kind of content does really well. Um, I don't make anything controversial. The thing I was going to say is about how my style of content differs to what you're doing. Is that I don't research anything. <laughs> I I don't I don't plan any of it. It's it's all kind of it's kind of off the cuff and uh, and a lot of I, I follow the Gary V model a lot obviously he plans mm -hmm. a lot of his content but I, Gary V was a big influence on the way that I do a lot of my things and the whole idea around everything that I do is to kind of build build a TV channel around yourself 
So a lot of the th- huh. a lot of the things I do isn't directly related to being a designer or running a design agency. It's a lot of it is raising awareness of me in in the first instance and the many things that I'm interested in. I have a design podcast, but it isn't the only thing I talk about. On Twitter, I don't just talk about design. So it's, no, you know. it, it's, it's kind of a wider awareness thing for me. Mm-hmm. And that's purely a personal thing because I get bored of talking about design all the time. So I just, <laughs> I, I didn't want to pigeonhole myself into just being a designer because also mm-hmm. I've seen, particularly as designers, I don't know what it, what makes it special about designers, but with designers in particular, when somebody just talks about design a lot on Twitter or on YouTube, they they usually end up only attracting designers and not clients. The way that I've approached content in terms of not always talking about design, I've attracted clients. Um, it's weird in design. I don't know if it's the same in your industry, but... Nope, you're right. It, yeah, there's kind of a fine balance you've got to play. Yeah. Um, so online, I do, I do on my YouTube channel, I talk, it's very educational purpose, like education, education, not much entertainment. But on TikTok, I tend to be more, more entertaining with my education mm. to, to attract, that's how I get them, to attract clients. Because I noticed I was, tra- I was attracting a lot of other digital marketers. And I was like, well, that, that doesn't do me any good. It, it's great. You no, know, follow, like, follow and share, you know, but, but, uh, it was more entertaining, but with, with funny thing and with, with, with the content, I created a second channel online that was for more entertaining purposes, but even that has now become work and that has started making money. And I'm just like, oh boy, it's it's no longer fun anymore. Yeah. Now, now my second channel is work, is work. Even even my kid, he's gotten he has three affiliates. I mean, I'm sorry, three sponsors. <laughs> and like, and then all three of them were so all three of them were accidental uh, because they just happened to see my kid in the background uh, of a video. And they're like, hey, we love your kid, even though we only saw him for two seconds. Can we hire him to like wear our clothes or? or make a video with him using our stuff. I was like, sure, why not? Um, Mountain Dew in Oakland, in fact, these glasses I'm wearing, these are a sponsor. Uh, Mountain Dew was by accident. I I made a video with Mountain Dew in my hand and Mountain Dew contacted me through Twitter, dude. And they're like, hey, we saw your video, we loved it. Do you mind if you make us a couple more videos? You don't have to talk about Mountain Dew. We just want you to hold a can of Mountain Dew Jesus and we'll Christ. pay you for these videos. I was just like, okay. Oakley was the same thing. I made a video about how I was complaining about how hard it is to find quality glasses. And I'm trying to try and fill a prescription online. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't think I, I didn't tag Oakley in it, but they found out about my video and emailed me. And they're like, Hey, we'll send you two pairs of glasses for free. If you wear our glasses in your videos. And I was just like, okay yeah i'll take them the freaking nice glasses dude like full you know the top of the line everything they offer on the glasses of oakley's i got for nothing and they just want me to wear them and make videos about it and this is why they wanted you to do it tony so you could wax lyrical about it on other people's podcasts (laughs) (laughs) hey uh uh, link in bio no but (laughs) But so like it's it's great and I, i um all these, these were just accidental, just 
you know, I, I, my company pays the bills, the pathfinder. This is just fun money uh, that I got on the side because I was like, well, for my kid, we're saving the money, but you know, he's, he's, he's six years old. He doesn't always do it himself, but, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's fun little after effects of, you, you know, you don't know that YouTube channel eventually get monetized and then you can put that money back into your company type of situation. These are fun little uh, side effects of having an online brand or online reputation. I, I actually had a guy on, on one of my, I, f- I forgot his name now. That's really embarrassing. I had a, a guy a while ago on my podcast who did that kind of thing for a living. He mainly worked with influencers um, mm. getting them deals and things like that. Uh, but he, he was one of the guys who was architecting that kind of thing that you've just been describing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mine weren't purposeful. They're accidental. Uh, working with influencers is great, especially with my two online stores of uh, mostly use, I'll mostly use Instagram for this, reach out to them on Instagram, like, Hey, you, you, you talk about the same stuff my store is about. Uh, if you do mind talking about my stuff, they, most of them, Fairly, they're cheap or they just want free stuff and they'll ask for, <laughs> they'll be like yeah just send me send me this this and that and i'll give you an instagram story twitter and something on my instagram you know so on and so forth for your store and we were talking earlier about traditional marketing versus digital marketing the amount of eyeballs that they can get compared to any other form of advertising i'm you make money i, I don't know if you have an, do you have an online store greg no, no, highly recommend it, dude. <laughs> but, uh, pick something you like and and go and start making content about it. You could do you could do some beard oil for that for that uh, red <laughs> for that red beard you got there, buddy. But uh, <laughs> but uh, it it works and it's crazy. And once again, seeing that type of success with my clients when they try it for the first time, um, I have a, a client that does strictly kitchen remodeling, and we got her on Instagram before and after pictures hope showcasing her tiles designs and stuff she's killing it with just no no ad spend by the way on instagram yeah. just talking about the kitchen she's doing uh, the remodeling that she's doing before and after pictures tips and tricks about laying down uh grout and tile and backsplashes oh she she gets so much business from instagram messages as people hitting her up oh can you do my kitchen too sure i mean the, the craziest thing about it all is that all you're asking them to do is talk about the things they talk about every single day offline. Uh, and assume there's like that weird barriers and we say, right, we've just had this conversation in person. You've just wowed me with your knowledge. How about you now record what you just said as a video and post it on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube and do that regularly. Like, ooh, I've, ooh, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> uh, I know, have you, I don't know if this happened to you, but I've had instances where I'll be talking to a client. I'm thinking back in my head, oh, I should have recorded this. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, I, in fact, as, as I was saying earlier, I haven't yet managed to get a single client to do a podcast. And I've had so many conversations with clients. There was one, right? Mm. And I, I, was, I had several meetings with them. It was just a project about a website. And... And in those kind of meetings, I'm always really curious because I always want to know, you know, how the business works. It always fascinates me. Yeah. And I was just asking them loads of questions about it. And there was two of the guys who owned the business in the meeting. And then they just started having a conversation. And I'm like, this, just stop a minute. This is your podcast. You don't know what to do for your podcast. What you're doing right now, this is the podcast. You don't, 
have to edit this or anything, you've got the podcast. And uh, I think it, now two years later, I've still not managed to convince them to record the oh, damn podcast. Man. And they were just so natural at it as well. So good at having an interesting conversation that I knew people would want to listen to. They're in an, in, in an industry where it, there's just not many good podcasts as well about what they were going to talk about. They're in kind of wealth management and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the UK, severely underrepresented UK people talking about wealth management on podcasts. They And they just had the gab for it. The gift of the gab, as we say in the UK. And... The, I haven't convinced them. Still not convinced them. Kills me. What's their hold up? What's holding them up? Well, the, it's a little bit like what you said earlier about working on your business versus working in your business. They're incredibly busy. They don't value marketing. Like I said, I've been there. I was there for 14 years. I completely get it. Um, and it's just convincing them that the time is, is just better spent just an hour a week or maybe even less than that, just to record the damn podcast. Uh, <laughs> and you you'll, you will see a benefit from it eventually. Not immediately. You probably won't get any leads from it straight away. And that's the other thing to convince them. This, mm-hmm. What we're building here is an asset that's going to serve you for potentially the rest of the time you're running your damn business. But it's convincing them. It's just, it, it's it's hard. They're quite traditional as well, so... They, they don't do marketing. They've got a website, which we designed and built for them. But mm-hmm. other than that, they haven't got much. And and it just isn't enough. It isn't enough anymore to just have a website. No, it's not. That that time, gosh, there's so many people out there that, that they advertise. They're like, oh, we'll increase your website traffic by 400% in the next 30 days. And a client will come to me and be like, can we do this? Like, <laughs> no, that, that's not how the internet works. Like, if they can do that, I'll be hiring them for my stuff. It's the patience, the the build. Hey, well, for my company, just just for Google Ads alone, for for us to run your Google Ads, it's a ten day process just to start. And I can get an ad built in forty five minutes, and it it'll work because I'm, I'm I'm good. It'll work, but it won't be the the process of. Like just you're building an asset. This is a long term game and getting our client, getting our, our clients to, to recognize that. Cause even for me, uh, when I started doing a YouTube and TikTok videos, TikTok, I was posting last year, I started January 1st, every single day, one video and YouTube. I'm on, I do two videos a week. I was, I, do, I was doing one video a week and it took till about October. I started getting my first leads off of that. And I didn't pay a single penny towards TikTok, towards uh, online advertising for video marketing. I wasn't even running YouTube ads at the time either. And one year, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, so from October, 10 months to start seeing people, Hey, I follow you online. This is amazing. Let me ask you this question. Let me hire you. Can you take a look at my GMB? Can you give me an online audit? Can you audit my website, my SEO uh, type of deal? And Man, it, I, I ever tell my clients now it's worth it because that's essentially free money to a point mm-hmm. for them. Right. And it, it's long term. Now the ball's rolling and I'm being categorized correctly or they're being categorized correctly. And Google's indexing their stuff and showing them up for the right things. And now they're getting leads, lots of them. Well, it's, it's especially free money when you consider what I said before, that it's knowledge you already have that you don't even have to research 
You just mm-hmm. you just know this stuff because you do it day in and day out. All you have to do is either write it down, turn on a camera and record it or record a podcast or a TikTok video or whatever. It's it's like it'd be the easiest thing you do in your entire damn day because <laughs> because you already know everything. But yeah. They, they think most people think there's something more special to that when you look at somebody who's got a million followers on Instagram when you look at somebody who's got 100,000 followers on Twitter, you think they've done something more special than just do what you just said, turn up every day, make something, and keep going. It, it's like literally as simple as that. Mm-hmm. But it's just sticking with it. It's just consistency. Uh, my mentor told me uh, content creation is king, queen is the consistency. And that's what you have to do to turn on, start doing it. And I feel pretty dorky sometimes. I'll be uh, here in downtown Dothan. I love to go step away from my office, walk away, and go for a walk. And while I'm walking, I do a pop in my head. I'll whip up my phone, make a video. And I'm walking around my phone in front of me talking. And I know, like, out of the corner of my eye, people are, like, looking at me like, what the hell is that guy doing? Like, what, what is he doing? I was like, I'm making money. I'm, I'm making videos and investing in my business. Please let me make my video. Or... <laughs> Because that, that, at the time when, when the, cause you're always, I always think about work as much as you try not to, but yes. something pops in my head. I'm like, oh, that's a freaking good idea. Crap. We got my phone quick. Make a, make a video for later. That's, this is going to be tomorrow's video type of deal. And uh, start, start recording right there in the middle downtown Dothan with everyone around me <laughs> and start making content. I think that's a perfect place to leave it on the consistency point on a little bit of wisdom. Yeah. We, one hour and odd we've been talking already one hour seven minutes jesus oh dang that's it's <laughs> been a great conversation man it has it's been awesome do you want to leave any parting shots of wisdom or plug plug your oakley glasses or anything like that <laughs> just if you're a small business and you're listening to this or you're just a business in general and you're you're on the fence about it and you're making some content or you're you're at least on facebook think about leveraging these other platforms like i I've, I've mentioned tiktok and yeah it sounds dorky just saying the name but it's a good platform to learn to start because um everything you need is native on the app you don't have to record on your phone and open up something else and start editing from there there's no uh other process it's all built in and you can just edit your video record it edit it customize it make it look good and post it immediately uh to there and i would highly recommend that if you're if you're a business and you're on the fence about just making video content that's where you're going to start start there and if i mean shoot keep listening to us craig you got some great information if you're curious you literally just google me like i said tech tony and like honestly guys just watch my content you'll be like oh if this guy can do it i can do it too (laughs) perfect man it's been awesome and let's chat again soon Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. By the way, you've got to dance at the end. (laughs) And we're done.